Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Jesus is coming again. The second coming of Jesus is one of the most widely known and accepted doctrines in all of Christianity. Every week we say in the words of the Nicene Creed, Jesus will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. The church has been reciting this creed since about the fourth century. Jesus is coming again. In a couple of weeks, Advent begins. In Advent, we look back to Bethlehem, to the manger, but then we also look ahead to Jesus' next coming when he comes again in the clouds with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet call of God. I love that scripture from Thessalonians. What a day that will be when Jesus comes again. It's been over 2,000 years now since the death and resurrection of Jesus. 2,000 years. That's a long time. 2,000 years. Not so long to God the Father, though. Scripture tells us that with God, a day is as a 1,000 years and a thousand years is as a day. So to God, it's only been a couple of days. <laughs> Jesus could come again anytime the Father chooses. And only the Father knows the day. Jesus said that even he didn't know the day. Only the Father knows. Yet, that doesn't stop people from saying that they know the day when he's coming. There's one group that is over the history uh, since uh, they were founded, claimed that they knew the day. First, the first time they said they knew exactly the day when he was coming was in 1874. They said he's coming on a day in 1874. And then 1878, 1881, 1910, 1914, 1918. 1925 and 1984. They knew the exact day in each one of those years when Jesus was coming. And yet, here we are. One man published a book about 88 reasons that Jesus was coming in 1988. Think about 88 reasons that he was coming then. And here we are. We still wait. Since his resurrection, people have focused on this question repeatedly. When is he coming? When is he coming? It's a fair question, but it's not the most important question. The most important question is not when, but are you ready? Are you ready for his coming? In the parable of the 10 virgins, this is the question and also the problem. Are you ready? In the parable on the day of the wedding, the tradition was that the groom would go to the family home of the bride. And then the bride would be there with their bridesmaids or the 10 virgins in, the, in this parable and they'd be ready for the wedding feast. Then the groom would come and meet the bride and escort her and her bridesmaids 
to the groom's home for the ceremony and the feast to follow. In the parable, the groom was delayed and he didn't come till after dark. Actually, he didn't come till midnight. The bridesmaids, the virgins, appeared to be ready for the wedding. They probably all looked the same, like bridesmaids have a tendency to do in weddings, right? They all wear the same dress, an expensive dress that they never get to wear again. They have their makeup done. They have their nails done. They all look beautiful. They have their hair up and updos. Bridesmaids uh, look this way at weddings. I don't know if these bridesmaids look this way, but they were all equally prepared for the coming of the bridegroom, or at least it seemed. All, all 10 of them had lamps, it said. They all 10 had the same lamps, and they appeared prepared. But what do we know about appearances? Appearances can be Deceiving, right? They can be deceiving. When the bridegroom came, the truth was revealed. Although the 10 bridesmaids, the 10 virgins appeared to be prepared, they appeared to be ready. Only five of them had oil in their lamps. And when the bridegroom came and it was revealed that five of them weren't prepared, the unprepared five tried to negotiate with the prepared five. They wanted some of their oil for their lamps. Well, then the prepared five said, well, there's not enough for everyone. You're gonna have to go to the store, is what they tell them. And so the, bride, the five unprepared virgins, bridesmaids left, and they went off to find oil for their lamps. And when they did, the bridegroom came and he took the bride and the five prepared virgins, bridesmaids, bridesmaids, and he took them to the feast for the ceremony and they went in and they closed the door. Later, when the other five came, the party was underway. They banged on the door and cried out, Lord, Lord, open to us. In other words, let us in. But it was too late. And the bridegroom had to say these harsh words. Truly, I don't know who you are. It was too late. The door was closed. This parable cuts right to your heart, doesn't it? When you hear it. I mean, you can feel uh, the pain. Its meaning is clear. Jesus is coming again. He's going to take his bride, his bride, the church, to his home, the one that he has prepared in advance in his eternal kingdom. There's limited time, according to the parable, to get ready for his coming. Not all who appear ready will get to enter in. See, man looks at the outward appearances, but God looks where? In the heart. God looks in the heart. And when Jesus comes... When the time comes for him, and when he comes for you, God will look at you, and he won't look at your outward appearance. God will look right into your heart, and he'll want to know one thing. Is Jesus in there? 
Have you received Jesus by faith? See, Jesus is the oil in your lamp. Jesus is the oil in your lamp. Receiving Jesus as your Savior, which means accepting his death on the cross as payment for your sin, and believing that God raised him from the dead, this is the oil in your lamp. Jesus is the oil in your lamp. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, if you, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, you'll be in in the feast. This, you'll be prepared for his coming. So again, this brings us to the question, are you ready? Are you ready? In my work as a hospice chaplain, this question comes up all the time. Are you ready? We may not know the day or the hour that Jesus is coming in the clouds with the trumpet call of God, but hospice patients know Jesus is coming for them soon. They know this. So in my conversations with them, we talk about many things. We talk about their lives. We talk about their work, their families, their triumphs, and their tragedies. But eventually, we always come to the same point. The question, are you ready for heaven? Some of them are so wonderfully ready like a young man that I met this last week. He was, uh, he's struggling with ALS. And he, uh, he can barely talk and breathe at the same time, you know. But he is in love with Jesus. He loves the Lord Jesus. And I've never met a person more ready for when Jesus comes than him. It's a pleasure to me and ministry to my heart to go see him. So there are those. And then there are others that I see that say things like, when I ask, are you ready? Well, I think I am. Or they'll say, I hope I get into heaven. I mean, I think I've lived a good enough life. My good things outweigh the bad things about me. Um, some people think about that getting into heaven means it's sort of like you need to have the right score about how many times you've come to church. I've, I tried to go to church, but it's just hard sometimes. You know, and then others, they look at their lives and they measure their lives and their sin against other people's sin. You know what I mean? When they say things like, well, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as big a sinner as that guy. I'll probably get in. You know, people have un unusual ideas about what makes them ready for heaven. And there are some that sort of look ready. But when I talk to them, they don't sound ready. There are those who are convinced that their sins are too big to be forgiven and, never, and they'll never get into heaven. My grandmother was this way. I think I've told you this story 
about my nanny who, because she had gotten divorced after a rebound marriage when my grandfather died, uh, she thought that was too big of a sin for her to ever get into heaven. And I told her, because she, she believed in Jesus, so I told her, nanny, Jesus, when he died on the cross, his blood was shed for that sin. Your sin is forgiven. But she just couldn't get past it. And she worried about heaven. And finally, I just told her, Nanny, you know, when you get to heaven, you're going to be so surprised at how big the grace of God is. And I'm sure that she was when she got there. You know, I also uh, visited with a woman who had a promiscuous past who thought that her sin was too big to get into heaven. And a Vietnam vet with the horrible memories of a war and things that he did and things that he saw when he was there. And he said to me, when I talked about heaven, he said, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. And I said, God understands. And God has forgiven you when you ask and receive Jesus as your Lord. You know, to those who believe that their sin is too big to get into heaven, then there is good news. Jesus died on the cross for that sin, for that very sin. He died for that very sin. His blood paid the price for your sin. Jesus is enough. He loves you. And when you receive him, he'll receive you <laughs> into, the, into the gates of heaven when he comes for you. Just accept the gift. Ask him into your heart to be your savior. Your sin is never too big for Jesus. With Jesus in your heart, you're ready for heaven. For those who are depending on their own efforts, their good enough life, their church attendance, their giving, their parents or their spouse's faith. You know, you've heard that. I grew up in a Christian family. Um, and for those who depend on anything that they did for heaven, then hear the parable of the ten virgins. On the day he comes, some are going to look ready, but they have no oil in their lamps. They never receive Jesus as their own Savior. Please listen to the words of the parable. Jesus is coming Time will run out. Some will hear those awful words. I don't know who you are. So please don't wait. Get ready now. Ask Jesus into your heart to forgive you and be your savior. Ask Jesus to be the oil in your lamp. Let him fill you up. I know sometimes preachers can seem kind of melodramatic, overly dramatic, but I don't think I'm being too dramatic when I tell you this. In a few minutes, you'll confess with all of us that Jesus is coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead. You'll say those words, and this is the truth. It's the gospel, and it leads you to the most important question you could ever be asked 
or that you could ever answer. And the question is simple. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.